Today's KT and the Trout Show is sponsored by David Smith of Edward Jones. David helps people achieve their goals and make sense of investing and be treated like the individual you are. David stays focused on what's most important. That's you. So call David now at 469-372-1587 for complete details. That's 469-372-1587. David Smith with Edward Jones. everybody, it's the Trout. Hope you're having a great day. Today's episode is a little unique for me because the musician that I got to interview, I had never heard of before until somebody watched another one of my videos and said, would you mind interviewing this person? Well, <laughs> he was correct in his assumption because the interview was great because he's a great musician and his name is Cole Gallagher. Now you're probably asking, well, who reached out to me? Well, it was Cole's father. So I listened to Cole's videos and listened to his music. And I said, I need to talk to this young man because Cole Gallagher is an upcoming, well, he's undiscovered, but wait till you hear his music. He's a great writer. He's a great singer. And he's coming along right at the right time, as far as I'm concerned, to bring in some great music to America. So I hope you enjoy listening to Cole. Cole's a young man talk about what it's like to be starting in the music industry. It's not easy. And hopefully more and more people will watch this video and listen to his music because I liked him a lot. And I think you will too. It's Cole Gallagher. And that video you just saw is called Smoking Gun, one of two videos that's up on YouTube. I suggest you check him out. Right now, I suggest you check out my interview with Cole Gallagher, up and coming musical star next on KT and the Trout. Where did you grow up at? Where, where are you from originally? So I was born in Pasadena, which is where I'm living right now. Okay. Uh, Pasadena, California. And, uh, but I was really raised in uh, two different kind of the three different towns. One was South Pasadena, which as you can guess, is just South of Pasadena. <laughs> Suburb, yeah. And um, another town uh, north of Pasadena called uh, Sierra Madre. It's actually heard of it. Little, yeah, I heard of it. A little bit north east, northeast okay. of Pasadena. So I got to face the mountains whenever I, I got it. Where I, yeah. Um, and so I kind of just grew up between uh, between uh, my mom's house and my dad's house. My mom lived in South Pasadena. My dad was up in Sierra Madre. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly couldn't tell you what I used to do at my mom's house, uh, really. I was 
started out just kind of playing video games and uh, I was really into, uh, you know, learning, uh, mainly I, I have a bit of uh, trouble reading, uh, mm -hmm. I have a weird form of dyslexia, which okay. is actually more auditory than it is, uh, visual. Okay. Is, uh, but anyway, so I, I just grew up watching documentaries and, uh, then I, uh, when I was at my dad's house, we would just go out in the backyard and whether we were mowing the lawn or, uh, you know, just, I was playing in the backyard with my brothers. Uh, we just kind of ran around town and tore it up. And, uh, but my dad was the one who really kind of got me into music. Uh, no, none of my parents are musicians. In mm -hmm. fact, there's, I, I was really kind of the person in the family who brought music to the family. Um, and that didn't happen until I was about 11 years old, but I grew up in my dad's house, uh, listening to, uh, bootleg, uh, live performances of Bruce Springsteen <laughs> and, uh, you know, Creedence Clearwater, yeah. uh, a lot of different singer songwriters, you know, singer songwriter uh stuff but it the i guess the overarching theme of it was that it was triple a uh and it was rock and roll all the way and right so i fell in love with rock and roll and and i knew for a long time that i what i wanted to do was be in a band or at least that's what i thought i wanted to do i wanted the brothership of you know uh working with a bunch of guys to create music yeah uh, but because I started out on my own writing all these songs, when I got into a band, it more turned into uh, me trying to cater, or, you know, get these guys to play the tune tunes that I had already written in my head the way right. I, I envisioned it. Right. So eventually I figured out that I was a solo artist that needed a backup band. And uh, once I figured that out, the the roads just opened wide up to me i'll put it to you this way i lied my way into three bands right <laughs> i took the first band i said they were like oh we need a uh we need a singer i'm like oh yeah i can sing no problem i right. never had a vocal lesson in my life so we get yep. in there and we're doing some cover tunes i think we were doing a rem end of the world and it's uh, the end of the world, the world. Yeah, you know, yeah 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 it's a tough song because you got, is that the one that's got all the quick lyrics on it? Yeah. Yeah. A lot of lyrics. almost sings it like a rap. Yeah. Like a rap. Yeah. But the, uh, anyways, I was singing, trying to sing it exactly like, uh, Michael Stipe. Yeah. Like Michael Stipe and didn't quite work out. You know, they were like, sing it like you, sing it like you. And I didn't, you know, because I had never had a vocal lesson in my life. A, I was not very good. Uh, my voice wasn't tamed yet. And B, I, I didn't understand that concept. And um, yeah, so they kicked me out of that band. I lied my way back into the same band when I had <laughs> bought a guitar. And I said, oh, yeah, I can play uh, guitar. I'll play guitar, yeah. Yeah, and uh, they figured out very quickly I couldn't when we were doing, <laughs> doing Green Day covers. And, and I was trying to figure out the finger picking on uh, Good Riddance. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so I got kicked out of that band and then, uh, the same project reformed and, uh, they, there's some tensions, uh, between me and, uh, 
the uh, guitar, the other guitarist at the time. And right. so it fell apart again. Uh, yeah. And I still hadn't improved as much as I had said I did. So I took all of that. And, you know, at the time, I wasn't really concerned with writing tunes. I liked the idea. But once I got, once I was all alone and there was nobody there to judge me, I went down into my dad's basement and I started writing songs. And uh, once I, uh, once I started doing that, I figured out, you know, wow, this isn't just, uh, there's m something more to it. It's not just like, oh, I'm making up these stories in my head. Mm -hmm. I, mm -hmm. It was, I can, I can channel, I got it. I think of it as the best form of therapy in the world. And it doesn't really matter what you're doing creatively as it's long true. as you're dumping your emotions into it. Yeah. And uh, so once I figured out I can do that, um, and it took some, uh, I stuff really started to change for me. And I, I joined a band, another cover band and they didn't kick me out. And then I started getting <laughs> vocal lessons and, uh, I really started singing. I ended up taking over almost, I was fighting over lead, uh, lead vocal position in right. the band. I was definitely not good enough to play lead guitar, but I was certainly trying. And, uh, you know, eventually I resided myself to rhythm guitar and that's where I fit best. And now I have a rhythm guitar, a lead guitar, and I play second rhythm. So mm -hmm. I've mm -hmm. really kind of pushed it way back for myself so that to give these guys a chance to show what they have been working on for so long, you know, which I, I ended up focusing more on songwriting after I hit that epiphany right. than I did on anything else. And uh, the, the singing just started to naturally get better. And suddenly we're like, people were saying, wow, you're, you know, you're bearable. So uh, <laughs> I, uh, what a compliment. You're yeah. bearable. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it slowly started turning into what you're really good. And, and I'm thinking, well, what am I doing different? And the difference was, is that, I was just singing and writing all the time and yeah. uh, I wasn't really practicing guitar. I can still bear, I still don't know my blue scales. I just finished up uh, a couple different forms of pentatonic. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but I'm very much a uh, intermediate guitar player and uh, it, it's, I mean, you'll get this. I mean, it's kind of a funny thing when you pick up the guitar and you are you start hearing those notes as you said in your head and you're able to find find it and you're bringing the song to life uh the way i've always written and i'm curious to hear how you do it uh, is i write the music first and then the lyrics kind of come and they start as like a mm -hmm. ramble rambling and mumbling mm -hmm. rarely do i have lyrics before i go into a song and when I do, I have a hard time finding the music. COVID, at least the quarantine, uh, when it hit, it stopped everything in the tracks for everybody. Sure. Including me. Yep. Until I realized that the only, th you know, my, my father and I really kind of realized that the only thing that hadn't closed was the studios. Yep. And um, immediately 
what I did was I went into a studio over in Orange County, uh, and I guess I should back it up a little bit. The first thing I went to Nashville for the first time in the summer or kind of, I think the late fall of 2019. And, um, I had a band back home that was pretty good. And I ended up, uh, and we were starting to gig out a little bit here and there and we uh but i wanted to go to nashville and see what it was like for working musicians doing nine to five because it's really the only place in the world that you can see it happening like uh just all the time and everywhere you go yep and uh i was just blown away when i walked onto broadway and uh i immediately started uh i guess you could call it bar hopping because i was going from one bar into the next asking if i could get up and play over and over and over again and finally one person let me up and her name was tara lynn fister and she heard me sing and play and she went and she grabbed the owner of the bar uh this was tootsie's orchid lounge and uh <laughs> the cool brought- name Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. that's yeah. pretty cool right there Willie Nelson used to play in there. Uh, I think that's actually where he may have signed his first record deal. uh Um, And so she went and grabbed the owner and he came down. He said, can you start tomorrow? And I knew I was only going to be there for two weeks. So um, we stayed, we extended our stay in Nashville because we were going to go Nashville, Memphis, Muscle Shoals, uh, down into Clarksdale. And we ended up doing that, but we cut down the rest of the trip by we shortened it into a week. And so I stayed there and I played a four hour set with two other musicians. And I began to understand just how grueling the process was mm-hmm. playing, uh, because I had never been in a position like that in my entire mm-hmm. life. You know, it was all just like little showcase gigs with my mm-hmm. cover band up until that point. Mm-hmm. And, uh, after work, I did that three nights i played at tootsie's orchid lounge twice and then i played over at uh uh honky tonk central and they put me on the third floor of the bar uh which there were in the at 8 a.m so there wasn't much traffic <laughs> uh but you know what right, they kid made... we'll give you a chance come on down here at eight o'clock in the morning yep. <laughs> pretty much and uh it was i was actually surprised because there was this substantial amount of tips at the end of that mm. uh however uh it was uh that that set in particular was the toughest but after my that was my last day of doing for a four hour shift i walked over to kid rocks uh big ass honky tonk that's the name so mm-hmm. and, uh, mm-hmm. and i walked up to the house band and i said hey and i used my clout having just played over at Tootsie's Orchid Lounge. Right, right, yeah, yeah. And they, they kind of tried to sweat me out. They said, okay, who uh, who who hired you there? And I told them the name. Uh, and, and so they knew, okay, so he's for real then. He did play there. And then they said, all right, what do you want to do? And I said, I want to do an original. And, yeah, and they're the like, bar, oh, good. <laughs> the, the, yeah. bar, the bar is packed. And I said, it's yeah. a really simple song. I I swear you guys will fit, fall right into it. And they, I sat there, I stood right, right at, uh, 
up on a post in the bar with my arms crossed, just watching them, waiting for my turn. Finally, they called me up, and uh, we. I, there's a video out there. Uh, I, I'll probably I'll f- find it and send it okay. to you. But you can see me showing them the riff, and then I turn or I show them the verse, the chorus, and then I turn around and start the song. I forgot to show them the bridge. Yeah. They knew it was coming. <laughs> they knew it was a bridge, but you just forgot to tell. Yeah, yeah. 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 And uh, the song was really simple, but it, we, the place erupted after. I mean, I, I, I was just baffled. I was shaking the whole time because it was a completely packed bar. And, uh, Anyways, my dad took a video of it and he posted it up on uh, YouTube and that landed me uh, over at a my first kind of like marquee show with my high school band at this place called The Rose here in Pasadena. Mm-hmm. And they're part of a chain uh, that's Agora. It's like, it's called The Canyon. The Rose mm-hmm. is one of their clubs. They also okay. own a place called the Starlight Bowl and the Sabian and different theaters as well right. as these yeah. venues. Uh, but anyways, we, we, we opened up for missing persons. We played some eighties tunes and I had at that point we were playing my material, uh, except for one song that we wrote all together. And, uh, I had put my name out front of the band on the bill. So it said Cole Gallagher and the lesser saints. And the day after that, the entire band quit on me because they you wanted, put your name out front. Yeah, they, yeah. We did. We were just a bunch of kids, so we didn't understand. Everybody was worried about like the wrong things. Uh, I just wanted to make sure that because they were all going to college, and I knew that this is what I wanted to do. Yeah, I wanted. They to weren't going to play the rest of their life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I hope they do because they're all very talented musicians, um, and they're. You know, I think that there will always be a spot in music for them. Uh, I, where it is, I, I'm not sure, but I know that they, if they wanted to, they could find their own path. Um, and so they quit the day after because I, I wanted to make sure that no matter what, if they all quit on me the next day, I would still get credit for the songs that I had written and the gig that right. I had booked for them. Yeah. And uh, I, my name basically wouldn't lose any of the uh, momentum that I had just built for myself. And uh, so after that, we landed a, as a result of the video at Kid Rocks and that gig, we landed a thing at the NAM After Jam. Mm. This, is, this is a long story. I'm, yeah, I'm so you yeah, obviously, it was in California, just had NAM last weekend. Yeah, yeah but it, it was like, uh, and it was at this little hole-in-the-wall bar called... Uh, something i uh, i'll think of the name perhaps uh uh bobby mcgee's uh like the song yeah me and bobby mcgee yeah and uh we as a result of that gig i met this guy uh chris sakura who i would go on to record during COVID with uh, but it was all as a result of the girl, Tara Lynn Fister, handing me that guitar in that bar. And it was because of her that the ball really got rolling and uh, I started recording. And um, But no, Cole, it didn't start with her. It started with you well, because you had the guts to do that. I mean, that that's where um, I interviewed a Grammy-nominated harmonica player, blues player. 
He lives in Tempe, Arizona. White dude that grew up in black Chicago. Okay? Chicago blues guy. And he would go to black clubs and asked him if he could get on the stage. Now, can you imagine a white kid going up to a bunch of black dudes that play blues? Can I play with you guys? And he'd go, and, of course, he was phenomenally good. Yeah. And he still, I don't know how many records he's put out, He's and he knows every blues artist out there. He's played with some of the greatest ever. But he took the chance. He took the guts, just exactly like you did. You walked in. I mean, you, you could have easily gone, uh, oh, man, they're not going to like me. People saw what you were like. I mean, something said, go ahead and do that. And that kind of fell into the everything. And if you go with what you just did, you go back and look at everything that happened. Being Sometimes it's just being in the right place at the right time, having the talent. You know, what I see about your music is it's one of, you're one of those people that I look at and go, why aren't more people hearing you? I mean, seriously, because you got, you got, you got a unique voice. You've got kind of that rock country thing going on for you, which is kind of a cool little shuffle. I mean, it's, it's they're cool tunes. Um, are they number one hits? I don't know. But they, they're something that kind of makes you feel good. Uh, your videos are good. And you're sitting there going, okay, why hasn't anybody discovered you? You have some pretty good fans. I mean, I don't know if you know this, but I was on Instagram when I followed you on Instagram. Chapel Heart follows you. Yeah. Do you know who Chapel Heart is? Do you okay. know the girls? Yeah, and they're friends of Tara. And uh, the reason I ended up meeting them and talking to them a little bit was because of her. But the, I guess what you know, I think you're right. Like if if I if I was too timid or insecure about myself, I wouldn't have been able to get on that stage. But it was two things. It was one. It was or three. It was my dad saying, "Look, man." You know, I mean, it's tough when it's your dad because, of course, he's going to think his kid is great. But yep, he yep. he really was like my rock, and he said, right. "Man, you know, you've got something." He still is. He still oh, is. Yeah. I'm. Yeah, he is. My, That's why we're having dad. this conversation right now. So yep. anyway, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, it's all good. I, and thanks for correcting me because I I literally just spoke to him two seconds before I came up here, and uh, he he's my rock, and uh, he said. He said exactly what you said. The answer is always no until you ask. Yep. Unless you ask. And so I became very, after that trip, I became very acquainted with that concept. So there was that. I mean, he was really motivating me to get out there and do this. And we, I'm telling you, if he hadn't been there on that trip with me, I probably wouldn't have done it because at that time, uh, for one, for a lot of different reason, reasons, my ego and my uh, my uh, secure security with my being was very low. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. kid, I had a really tough time in high school. I mean, I was the kid who sat alone and played guitar every day, mm -hmm. and uh, so if he hadn't been there, I wouldn't wouldn't have gotten up. And if she hadn't handed me that guitar, I wouldn't have gotten the chance. And then had, uh, and then if I was too insecure with myself, I wouldn't have been able to do it at all. And so I think it was conjunction of those three things that really, uh, it's kind of like the perfect storm. And I, I, you gotta, you gotta be at the right place at the right time to, 
to get hit by lightning you know you know and the other thing i think you got going for you is the fact that you're 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 not very old but you're smart and and believe me i've met a lot of creative people they're really creative but they're dumb as a box of rocks what if you sold a song to whomever some famous guy or woman and they're the one that's getting adulation but you know it's your song Would would that bother you how would you let me ask you that how would you feel about that you know you wrote the song. Have you ever thought about that? As a songwriter, you got to think about that. I mean, because well, be honest, like they, that that no, I have thought about it, and I have kind of resided myself to not sell a song for that. There you go. Not for that reason necessarily, yeah. but yeah, like I put so much time into. I've written just over. I'm at two hundred songs now. Oh wow. Yeah, and uh, every single one of them has some sort of meaning to me that I couldn't, I couldn't, and wouldn't want to articulate to right. another another person. Because when somebody listens to a song, if you tell them what the song's about, the the meaning of that song has forever changed in their mind. But yeah. Whether you know, I I think back to all of these events like that seem so minuscule at the time. Or, or that seems so minuscule now, but they were life-changing events in my head. And sure. I was able to pick up pen and paper and it's a documentation. It's almost like a time capsule, you know, and there's nothing, not only it, it, the words say what you were thinking and to some degree what you were feeling, but the music itself is what is everything. I mean, without that that beat, it's just poetry, and uh, and and to some degree, it's uh, it, like I said, it's like a form of therapy. It helps you work out the stuff that, and the the best part about it is you can say the things that you would never say out loud in a song. It's the true. Things, the things yeah. that you're afraid to say in day to day conversation or. Yep. You, you can just put it out there and the more honest you are, the better reward you get back as in people will relate to it more as long as you, and you know, what's interesting. What, what you said earlier is true because people don't really know what your song's about. They do, but they don't, they fit it in. There, there's a video, there was a years ago when John Lennon was alive, when they did stuff on, I saw it on TV once a guy showed up to his house found his mansion and, and wherever he lived in England. And he opened the door and he goes, hey, how you, how you doing? And the guy says, I just want to thank you for writing that song about me. And the guy, I'm like, what are you talking about? And I don't remember what song it was, but the guy was convinced that Lennon had written this song about him. And he was trying to tell him, look, dude, I don't even know you. How can I write? And the guy was convinced that it was it was about him. And so you don't know, and you're right, when you get up there and talk about a song, and you're telling people this is what it's about. Sometimes it's easy. I mean, my songs don't necessarily have any meaning at all. You know, they may not. They may not say anything. Like I might. Uh, the last songs I write are more just uplift. They're just upbeat songs. And you know, it, it's kind of like the one you wrote about the, the girl in the bar and all that stuff. You know, and watching that video probably conveys a much better picture than if you just stood up and sang it. Well, that, you know, and that's the coolest thing about how music has changed, like within the last 
say almost 40 years is that now you can write a song and you can put an image to it. You can put an image in somebody's mind. It may not even be what the song's about, but it right. can be an image that you want people to think about when they watch the song or, you know, literally watch yeah. and hear the song. And, um, it's a, it's a very powerful thing because it's like you said, some songs to an artist, they may not, to the artist who wrote them may not be about anything at all. Mm -hmm. And, and because you put it together in a way, and as long as you don't talk about, don't say that people are going to have their own associated special meanings yep. with that song. And that's what's uh, so unique about it. That's yeah. what's so cool about it. Cause they and own it. The, as long as you try your, this is what I've kind of, learned in writing uh, people connect better if you don't use like i and me 28 songs recorded total two of them are uh different variations of the same song okay but um i have two of those 28 songs out for everybody to listen to and uh, i'm planning on trying to put out an album in 2023 uh i just need some time to really kind of get my uh I guess get 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 my assets together to yeah. do a marketing and whatnot and build a team for it. And that's that's where I'm at is uh the first thing is first is I'm I'm trying to shore up things with my band cuz as I mentioned before I have a guitarist who's going back to Berkeley. Yeah. And uh I've got a kick-ass drummer. I've got a great bassist, uh extremely talented uh keyboardist and a guitarist who uh who's who can really hold down the fort for us and uh but all of them have different there's you know um it's t it's a tough sell because we're playing to empty bars and uh and we're just i mean we're just starting to get paid a little bit but to play right. for three or four hours and yeah. uh and that's the name of the game you know it's tough to there's we can we can play a 30 minute set and tear the roof down you know i have no doubt in my mind that we can right. do that but uh playing the if you if we are going for to try and make livings out of this we gotta start somewhere and that's the longer gigs because when you're playing three or four hours you don't do that without payment you know as no you can't yeah uh, how many how long did it take you to shoot smoking gun was it one day or did it take you longer than one day do you remember? And the reason I'm asking that, because you you are three hours. Is that all? Was it hot in there? I mean, you look like your guys are just worn out. I mean, there's parts where you just kind of like you're sweating. I'm going so, like, you know, the, uh, the videographer came from another shoot and he got stuck in traffic, so they wouldn't turn the AC on because, well, the they didn't want the air circulating too much in there because of COVID. Oh and, wow! And. Uh, so it got hot real fast. Yeah, I could and tell, but you know, it actually adds to it because it looks like you, you've been playing this hours. is just my, for hours. It looks like your band's been up there and you know, you're playing this tune and the young lady comes in and does the dance. And of course, like all young ladies that come in and tease and then leave. <laughs> so it's like, so I got, I was watching, I go, man, he's really sweating. And then, and, but it fits, but see, those are interesting stories because yeah. the fact that you were there shooting during COVID. Well, they didn't turn the air conditioner on. Of course I was sweating because <laughs> we yeah. had to do the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah. And okay, I'm going to move the camera over here and okay, now do this. Thing. 
yeah. I had about nine lights on me too. So yeah. it was, it was pretty much unbearably hot. And, uh, I, you couldn't see, I think there's maybe two shots in a video where you can see it, but I had these rags off to my right where I would just pick them up Maybe right whenever there. we'd stop a, uh, a cut or, you know, cut a scene, I'd pick up the rag and like just completely wipe myself down with it because it was, uh, it was bad. And I was a little bit, uh, a little bit more out of shape at the time than I was because during COVID I was none of the gyms were open and certainly yeah. I, I'm yeah. a, I was, I'm a rock, rock climbing and water polo. Guy, uh, so, so you keep active. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely could not go into no. uh, any of those gyms and certainly not a pool because I, I, I know how it spread. Yeah. And I'm gonna, I'm, you know, I, I think the hardest thing for you right now is the direction you want to go is you got all these songs and I'd like to see you become more mainstream. I mean, not mainstream. That's not the word more popular. Yeah. But it it does take work to do that. And, and you, and you have this, and I've been around a lot of people in my life. You have this kind of, um, uh, not an everyday care. I don't really care, but you do care, but it's, you're not really driven to, you know, you're like, you're not jumping around going, I want to be number one. I gotta be this. I gotta be this great. You know, you've seen them on TV. They come out like that. So you have that, but you have that laid back approach, which really is cool. And, and that's just your personality. You've got a laid back. I mean, look what you wore to be interviewed, a sweater. <laughs> and a sh- I mean, you didn't sit around and go, I got to put something really cool on it. That didn't even cross your mind. Probably. I got to do a video. This is what I wear. And and that, that, that this up at a flea market. There you go. 20 bucks. And so I think the thing about it is Cole. That's what makes you unique is because it's not like you don't care, but it's like, it's going to work. It's going to work on my terms. I don't really care my, how far or, you know, how, how many, people listen to my music i think it would be great if you know i no doubt if i could get as many views as like uh billy eilish or beyonce yeah and I mean, i'd be ecstatic but the fact is is i don't those that's the that stuff's not important to me what's important to me is that i can play every day for the rest of my life and there you that's, go. that's what i want it more than anything is to be able to sustain myself financially in a way that i can keep playing you know for the foreseeable future and and have a band that that feels comfortable with what they're getting as well and uh beyond that it doesn't matter to me uh you know all the the image and the you know if people like the music they'll come to the show that's right people like the show they're gonna they're gonna go and try and find the music um all right, man. Thank you. Hey, my pleasure. And uh, we'll yes. keep in touch. And I know you're going to do well. It Just keep really plowing. Nice talking to you. You too, brother. You have a good evening. We'll see you. Have a good one. All right. Bye.